doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing okay. I feel like this episode is delayed, so I feel like we haven't done this in forever. <laughs> I know. It's been a hot minute, but we've both just been, like, you know, busy, and while we love doing this podcast, we both said when we started that if our real life got in the way, then our real life got in the way, and that's kind of what happened. So we're, we missed you guys, though, and we're glad to be back. Yeah, definitely. Um, we Yeah, we're just both having crazy summers, I think, which is not a bad problem to have. No, absolutely. So welcome to You Have to Read This Book podcast. I'm Peyton, and my pronouns are she, her. I'm Bailey. My pronouns are also she, her, and we're happy that you're here listening. We have a, a fun one today, though I'm going to be completely upfront. I did not. This is the first time I haven't finished something for this podcast. Um, I've been on the worst reading slump ever. Like I haven't picked up a book and can like actually read it consistently since the end of May. I finished one book in like in July that I actually like, or in June that I actually sat down and like read, but all of June was horrible for me. So I did my best, but I'm in a slump, but I'm still excited to talk about it today. Yeah. And that's really okay. Like, you know, I feel like you gotta, you don't always have to be reading a thousand books all the time. Like people need to chill. Like people yeah. need breaks. Yep. Uh, big Netflix break for me, but so um, we are talking about fan fiction today, right? Yes, we are. We've uh, been teasing this episode for a while now. We each picked our favorite fan fictions to read. Um, and so we, the idea was that we would have already read our own and we would just read each other's, but neither of us actually finished, e- finished each other's. Yeah. I mean, I think that also just speaks to like each other's tastes. Like we've gotten very lucky on this show that we've actually both enjoyed the books that we've picked out, like, or both not liked the books. Really? Right. Like we have, we have mostly agreed 95% of the time on what we've read. And so I think this would be the first time that like, I picked something that you didn't love and you picked, I, you picked something that I didn't love. And that's kind of weird. I think for the show, though, it's not really weird for our friendship in general, I don't think. Yeah, and we're going to have two awesome guests on today. Um, one of them read both fan fictions, and one of them um, has read Fish, Twist, and Shout, and then, like, she finished some of um, The Devil's Weaver. But. Perfect. So we're going to have them carry the show for us, basically, guys. <laughs> yeah. But um, they will be on soon, so stay tuned for that. But um, just in general, how is your summer going? Um, It's going. I... And studying, like, it's really funny. I ordered my textbooks and they somehow got shipped to Tempe, Tempe, Arizona. So Mona, if you're listening, you got my textbooks and I'd really like them, please. Um, But I called my, the company that shipped them and I'm like, yeah, that's not the address I put in or my name. And it got shipped somewhere else. I'm like, oh, that's really weird. We have your addresses, like, and they listed my address. And I'm like, yeah, no, um, that is correct, but it's not where they went. You can look up the FedEx tracking number. Like, it got sent to Arizona. So they had to overnight my books to me, and I was really nervous that they were going to get sent to Arizona again because we didn't really know why that happened. But so I finally got my textbooks, and I've been working on this 
project. And oh my God, I don't know if I want to be a CFP anymore. Oh my <laughs> so goodness. much work. But that's fine. How's your summer been? Oh, so good. I've like loved not being in school. Like, you know, you met me when I wasn't in school and I was thriving. Yeah. Um, and now being back in school is hard, but being out of school has been nice, except my internship has been not exactly what I expected. Um, mm -hmm. A little bit more boring. Um, but part of that is just because it's like remote. Yeah, that would be tough. And I don't have that much work to do, but I also haven't been reading very much either. Actually, I just started again this week, but um, I took a, I would say a couple week break, but yeah. um, I've read like two books um, in the past week. I read Sky Falling, which I think I might've mentioned in our Pride episode. Yeah. Um, that was good. I got a neck alley and I really enjoyed it. Um, it's like, it's fun. Um, and I reread this weekend, Red, White, and Royal Blue. Nice. The only book that I finished uh, was Autobiography. And I, I have like never laughed and cried so hard in a book. Like it was so good. Oh my God. So like everyone should go read that. I love it. I'll have to add to my list. Yeah, I think you'd like it a lot. It's a good one. So um, what do you have any like summer goals that you're working towards this summer? Um, well, I had two and I'm not started on either of them. Um, one was to finish my parent trap fan fiction. Um, I and my result in Al's parent trap fan fiction. And I have not even like looked at it. I need to reread what I've written first. Um, and the other one is to read like all the rest of the shadow hunter books that I haven't read. And I also haven't done any of that. So um, doing great, but I've just been like crazy busy. Like I feel like I've not been home that much. And on weekends, I've like gone out every weekend that I'm at home or I had a birthday party and pride weekend. So, and then I got in a new apartment, I signed a lease and I'm moving with my girlfriend Katie, which is so amazing. And so, and like finding an apartment in New York City is just freaking insane. Yeah. So like I've just been so busy. Yeah. Um, I feel yeah, that is a lot that you have going on and you picked some like super lofty goals for yourself too. Yeah. So um we'll see. I have like a little over a month of summer left. So maybe I can work on it, but then I also have to move. So yeah. Um what about what's your favorite thing to do in the summer that you've done this summer? Um, I would say, oh, wait, did you wait? Do you have any summer goals? Did you just? Oh, well, I mean, passing like so not getting behind in my studying uh, is definitely a big goal for me. Like I'm already behind, so I need to catch up. Um, and I want to get back into the gym. Like my first like way to do that was like, okay, I am going to buy some like biker shorts that I feel comfortable in so I can wear shorts to the gym instead of leggings. And now I have those and I love them. And I'm like, but I still don't want to go to the gym. So, so now I'm like, I need a better sport, a sports bra that fits better. And I need to quit doing that and just slip. But that's, that's been my that's, I've been making a lot of bad excuses. So getting back to the gym on a consistent basis is on my summer goal list. I'd like to feel healthy again. So that's what I'm working toward. And you can totally do it. Like I've known oh, I know. enough that I've like seen you in periods where you work out a lot, seen you in periods where you don't. And like you always, you 
you have good discipline when you set your mind to it, so. I do. I just need to quit making excuses. And I had such a good one because, you know, I didn't want to wear a mask when I was working out. Um, and now I'm vaccinated and uh, don't have to wear a mask in Kentucky anymore. So just got to go back. You you can do it. And also, may I say the bike shorts look fabulous? I thank you. I love them. They are so comfortable. I'm going to buy like six more pairs and just live in them for the rest of the summer. Same, same. Um, okay, yeah, now now favorite summer activities i'm going canoeing uh this weekend and that's one of my favorite being floating on the water is like one of my favorite things to do so i'm really psyched about that um and i don't get to do it very often and swimming like so anything water related and my parents are moving back up here and they bought a house with a pool and they close at the end of july so i am going to be in the water all of august and september and then in their hot tub all of October and November, so. <laughs> Amazing. I am so, so jealous. Um, I also really love water things and I haven't done anything like canoeing like last week or last summer was like COVID. And I just haven't done anything like that in a while. So um, I really hope that I get to maybe even go canoeing with you. I know I would love that. We should make that happen. Yeah, and um, I also love laying by the pool. I went to the Hamptons this weekend and um, the weather was not great. So um, I didn't get to be by the pool that much, but I did a little bit and that was really nice. Um, I think overall, like I just really love during summer, like spending as much time outside as I can. Yep. Like, especially when it involves drinking, like there's something really like amazing uh, about <laughs> sitting at a bar. Yeah during summer 100% agree it's the best also um oh my gosh amusement parks I was just thinking like I freaking love amusement parks and roller coasters and that's another one of like fun activity I associate with summer because we grew up like outside of Kings Island I don't know if anyone listens has heard of it but it's like not that far it's from a huge come. theme park like it's it's huge. like like got famous roller coasters I'm sure if you like roller coasters you know about Kings Island of the beast yeah it's amazing so um yeah and i had season passes like growing up most summers so i just associate like summer with theme parks and yeah. i really miss doing that i haven't been to one and i think two years i had to get rid of mine because uh my gold pass because i black out on every single ride every single oh my ride. god yeah I can't like when you first told me that I was like no way <laughs> yeah I uh wouldn't so like when I was in high school it was just like the rides with so like the vortex with the double loop it was just on the second loop that I would black out and I was mean I didn't tell my friends that it happened and so like a new person would sit next to me and we'd ride and I'd black out and they'd be like oh my god and I'd wake up to them thinking I was dead um and I thought that was hilarious and now 10 years later I can't go down diamondback which doesn't even have any inversions it's just a big hill without blacking out on the hill and i black out for like the whole ride now it's not just like 30 seconds like i'm out the whole time um and i feel really sick if i do that too often so i had to get rid of my pass <laughs> yeah remind me to never i asked you to go to king's island and remind me to never go to king's island with you oh i will go with you so that you can see how hilarious it is because it is kind of funny i just won't be able to ride we'll go like for fear fest and then you know we don't have to ride that many rides we'll just mostly do trails but then you can see me black out it'll be great i love fear fest so i'm totally yes. down 
Um, now that we've used our podcast to make our own plans, um, <laughs> we are so excited to talk about these fan fictions. Yes, we are. So we will introduce our fabulous guests and we're really excited to talk about it. Okay, guys. So um, we are so, so, so excited to be joined by not just one of my roommates this time, but both of them. Um, before you met Carly, she's great. And now we have Emma too. Um, so happy they're here. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Emma, you can go first this time. <laughs> um, okay, sure. Um, I'm Emma. I'm also a law school student at the same school Bailey goes to. Um, but I'm a year ahead, so I only have one year left of school, which is scary, but that's fine. Um, I love reading and I love reading fan fiction. So it's great that I'm here because I have a lot to say about both the fix we read and about fan fiction in general. So, I'm so excited. Can I yeah, ask you what kind of law do you want to practice? Um, I'm not totally sure. Um, I love like entertainment and sports law. My undergrad degree was in film. So that'd be really cool. But I have cool. done several internships in insurance. So I sort of think maybe right out of law school, I might do insurance for a little bit and see where that goes. So like um, writing insurance policies, like an actuary or? Um, no, more like either working claims. in workers comp, yeah, working in claims, working with like Medicaid and patients who need help with that or just saying a number of various things. So we'll, we will see what happens next yes, year I, this time <laughs> i can't wait to hear what you decide to do those both yeah. i think sound or all of them sound very interesting so yeah for sure that's me <laughs> thanks carly hi it's carly i was a guest on one of the earliest episodes of this podcast Ooh, i think return. you were our first guest weren't you yeah that does sound like something that is true yes <laughs> Um, I work in children's book publishing as a quick refresher. I read a lot. I'm a big collector of books and that is going to really come back to bite me this week as I'm packing to move to my next apartment and I'm looking at all of the books that I have to put into boxes. Um, and I'm yeah, also fun. an, yes, yes. Sorry. I'm also <laughs> an avid audiobook listener, something that I've talked about briefly with Peyton. You have turned both... me into an audiobook listener. Yeah. I have listened to so many audiobooks since you talked to me about them. So thank yeah. you. We both listened to the audiobooks of the Raven Cycle, I believe. <sighs> so good. That was, I mean, it was a reread for me because I originally read them as physical, but I've had a lot of people whose first experience with the Raven Cycle was audio. And I think yeah. that's great too. It was great. Um, pro tip for packing books, use suitcases. <laughs> well, we are paying yeah. for movers. Oh, so. okay. Yeah, they're they're gonna carry our heavy book boxes, That's so we then. don't have to. Yep. <laughs> I am actually going to put some books into a suitcase soon, though, because I have about forty to forty-five books that I don't want anymore. So I'm going to try and take them to a used bookstore. Oh, and that's see if brilliant. I can sell them. Mm -hmm. Can I possibly go through them before you do? Oh yes, that would be so yes. great. You would take books off my hands. Yes. Yeah, go for um, mine too. <laughs> yeah. See, this is the best part about like, I feel like living with Emma and Carly has been like, if I normally we read a lot of the same things. So I'm always like, oh, I want to read this. And they're like, one of them's and Neville will be like, oh, I have it. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. I, I, my husband's not a reader. So I kind of, well, I shouldn't say that he's listened to like four audiobooks this year, which is a pretty big deal for him. Um, but that is awesome. <laughs> yeah. He, he doesn't, 
um, read physical books and like collect books like I do. So um, I am the only one in the house. If I want a book, I actually have to go buy it or go to the library. (laughs) All right. Well, so we're super excited to talk to you guys about these today. Um, And I wanted to start with just kind of talking about fan fiction in general. So I took one law class in um, college and it was torts kind of, but we got to pick our own. I know horrible. It's probably why I was like, yeah, I'm never ever going to be a lawyer. Um, but we got to pick our own like topic to write about. And I don't think I wrote about a torts topic, but I got an A. Um, I wrote about copyright law and fan fiction. So it was super interesting. My, I don't think my professor really understood it. And I think that's why I passed, but So I want to pick your brains about that. But first I want to start, do you guys normally read fan fiction or was this like a big ask for you to read? (laughs) I I love this question. Um, I feel like Carly and I both are very big fan fiction readers. I read fan fiction all the time. I used to read a lot more longer ones. Nowadays, I tend to read more like one shots or shorter fics just because if, if I'm reading something longer, generally I'll choose a book. But especially when I get right into a fandom, like right after we watched Teen Wolf, um, my, (laughs) whatever year it was when we lived here and I watched it for the first time when I was like 22. So a whole different experience, but I went and read a bunch of long fan fictions right after that. And like same with any anime Carly and I watch, like I'll go read long fan fictions after we finish to sort of still be in that world. But yeah, definitely not a big ask to ask me to read long fan fictions. That was actually a great reminder for me to once again gently nudge you in the direction of that Hunter Hunter fan fiction. Oh, I'll yes, text I know. you the link I know. later. Yes, please do. <laughs> I think I I think it's lost in my many archive of our own tabs that are open on my phone. I have like <laughs> so um, I think I need it. Too relatable. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a lot open right now too, between keeping um keeping open the devil's keeper, which we'll be talking about later. And then I'm reading three fan fictions right now for some reason. And also every now and then I convince myself I'm about to reread my favorite fic. So I have two different chapter ones of that <laughs> open on Safari because I, I forgot it. that I opened it the first time. Um, but I have been reading fan fiction, I think since I was 13 or 14, like many people my age, Twilight was my gateway fandom. Harry Potter um, was mine. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I didn't read Harry Potter until I was older. So oh, that's right. We've talked about this. Yeah. Twilight was my first foray into reading and writing fan fiction. Okay. So you've written fan fiction. So oh, I have question. written um, over 500,000 words of fan fiction. Wow. In my life. Yeah. I, I that's amazing. Um, uh, most of it, I love that. stuff that I am not not willing to share with anyone. Things that are like embarrassing teenage Twilight fan fiction, yeah. and then a slightly less embarrassing but still not advertised um, Percy Jackson. Ooh, oh, I love fiction. it. Um, but yeah, so I read and write a lot. Not as much anymore, but kind of like Emma, when I get into something new, um, sometimes I'll seek out fan fiction. But also, I feel like there's something nice about getting back into fan fictions for a fandom that you haven't engaged with in a while like oh maybe I don't have time to reread all for the game but I could maybe go read a couple short fan fictions to get the fix right Mm -hmm. of the characters Mm -hmm. I love that yeah little like quick bites of the world oh yeah I love I love that yes 
little bites. Yeah. Emma, do you write fan fiction as well, or do you? Just um, do no, I've written, <laughs> I've written a few. Like, so when I was younger, this is so embarrassing. I'm going to say this. I wrote some like self-insert fanfics when I was younger. <laughs> Girl, that, same. Like, were just, like <laughs> lost, just me. right? Never like published. Like, just would like stay on my computer. Um, and I have one published fanfiction on Archive of Our Own, and it's um, a Captain Swan from Once Upon a Time fanfiction, and it's like five thousand words, and I wrote it. Like I'm in high school. Oh, go for it. Um, <laughs> you probably, I, I mean, that's sort of a big fandom. I don't know. Um, but yeah, definitely not a, a fan fiction writer. I am a consumer, not a producer. So I'm so <laughs> glad there's so many people who like to write fan fiction because I just take. <laughs> yeah, it's writing for love, not for money. I know. So true. Do you have any favorite? fandoms that you gravitate toward and who is your favorite ship in that fandom wow what a loaded question <laughs> i can I go really i have or, opened no, my archive of our own because i bookmark ships that i Ooh, like to read smart. a lot of which sometimes i don't have a lot of like anime ships on here that i do read a lot of but i would say i read a lot of a lot of various ships from different fandoms so like I've been a big fan of Sherlock for many years and even though we got so like queer baited with John Locke there's so many yeah. good fan fictions and like I read a lot for books as well so like the reading like we we're talking about I read Pinch a lot because I love them um I read Andreal from All for the Game I'm trying to think I read a lot of anime ones recently like we've been watching Haikyuu which is an anime about volleyball um I say we've been watching it like I, we've watched it for many many years we are currently re-watching it and Love so it. reading fix from there any any listeners who watch anime we've been reading some Sakuwatsu, <laughs> Kagehina, Kuroken yeah. this is gonna make no sense to <laughs> you guys anime fan fiction is its just own plug. world yeah exactly totally its own it. world so yeah, I tend to read a lot of like, a lot of various, it really just depends on what I'm in the mood for. I would say there's not necessarily one fandom or ship that is like my main ship that I read for just because I like to read a variety. Yeah, cool, cool. For me, I've definitely gone through phases. Like I feel that in high school, I read almost exclusively Percy Jackson fan fiction a lot of long ones I became friends with a lot of the writers of those fan fictions and really like shaped my adolescence with Percy Jackson fan fiction um but then you know it also depends on what you're a fan of but I also find that what makes me seek out fan fiction is not how much I like the original story of like whatever fandom it is but it's how much I feel like space is left in that world like Red, White, and Royal Blue is my favorite book, and I'll never read fan fiction for it because there's nothing I need that Red, White, and Royal Blue doesn't give me. Yeah. You know, it's such a mm -hmm. perfectly realized book. I don't feel hungry for more, and I feel like if I were to get more, I would want it to be Casey McQuiston giving me more because I love the way that Casey writes them. Right. And so for some pairings and shows and books, it's not that I'm not satisfied. It's that I see more room in that world or more characters that could be expanded on. Or a lot of times in anime, the pairings that people are really passionate about are not canon. 
So of course, fan fiction really lends itself well towards non-canon pairings. Which is what happened in both of the fictions that we read yes. for this podcast. Yeah. Um, but my favorite pairing to read fan fiction for is actually canon. And Emma mentions them. It's it's Andrew and Neil from the All for the Game series by Nora Sokovic. And I think one of the things that makes reading fan fiction for that series feel so good is that the books themselves kind of feel like you're reading fan fiction at two in the morning. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't feel like a real experience. It feels like something you dreamed happens. Um, <laughs> so it, there's not like a quality jump when you're reading fan fiction. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like you are lowering your standards for the sake of the story. And also just the writers of that pairing are so consistently good. I feel like they mm-hmm. must sit in a room and talk about how they're <laughs> going to characterize the characters and write the stories because it feels in a good way as if all of them could have been written by the same person. And my favorite fan fiction in that fandom um, is like a canon continuation that used the authors. Yes, it used the (laughs) author's head canons of what would happen next and incorporated them into a story. So it really feels like you're reading the fourth book. And sometimes I'll be talking to Emma and I'll be like, hey, did Andrew ever say this? Or was that just in lessons in cartography? <laughs> and Emma hilarious. will be like, oh, that was in the Good fit. question. Good question. <laughs> okay. So then that ties into my next, my next question then. So there are authors out there that send cease and desist letters for fan fictions that are written. And there are authors like Martin and uh, Gabaldone, like they do not want you like it's on their websites like do not write fan fiction about my worlds and my characters so is and I used to write fan fiction and publish it all the time and <laughs> got told that I wasn't creative um, by people reviewing my stuff and that was very heartbreaking I wrote a really great Rapunzel fan fiction yeah and- <laughs> yes. <laughs> um but so do you believe that fan fiction where where does it cross the line like is it a fine line for you all on original thought versus you know copyright issues and how do you feel about authors that refuse their fans to express their love for these series and books um by writing by not allowing them to write fan fiction i can go first for this um you know i work in book publishing so I'm definitely, you know, a pro book person, but I also think that, sorry authors, once your book is written, it's not about you anymore. Books are about the readers who love them. And if you believe in death of the author, which I do, once the story's in the world, it's up to the readers to decide how to feel about it, what they want to do with it. And they're not profiting off of it. So it's not Mm -hmm. stealing. It's not like you've taken someone's art and you've posted it on Redbubble and pretended that you drew it and sold it in stickers to make money off of someone else's work. It's just people who feel a lot of passion about the story who want to tell another story about it. And the idea that those people don't have the right to do it as if it somehow hurts the author. I think that's more of a question of the author's insecurity or... Mm -hmm arrogance dare I say and it it's not going to hurt the book's sales because a fan fiction might include the same characters but it's a different story so 
I think that a lot of people who are mad about fan fiction or say that it's uncreative or somehow less are just insecure because they are afraid that people will enjoy reading fan fictions more than they'll enjoy reading the actual mm -hmm. books that are getting published. And not all books can be like fan fiction. You know, fan fiction can be quite long and meandering or really short, or they don't really have a plot. But I think there's something to be said about the way that fan fiction does do things that intrigues readers and like, what can we learn from that? And also fan fiction has won a Hugo award. <laughs> so <laughs> I could double mm -hmm. check that, but I'm almost certain that is true. So I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. I love your answer. Emma, do you have anything you'd want to add? To I that? mean, Carly um, speaks better about these sorts of things. So, I mean, I obviously very much agree with everything she said. I feel like the tone of, or the idea, especially in books, because I would say sort of speaking about like film and TV, that's so much less of a like worry. They don't even engage with that really. Or if like the actors are asked about the ambition, they'll just be, whoa, haha, whatever, I don't read it. Like, I don't know anything about it. Um, I feel like with film and TV, it's even harder to regulate and they don't care as much because film and TV is so much bigger money and it's a team project rather than authors feel like it is just them. They are the only ones who've written this book, which to be fair, they have. It is theoretically just them, you know? Of course, there are people, other people who work on the sale and editing of a book, but when it is a book, an author is the only one who's written it. But I would say, I think from my experience with the authors that I follow and enjoy reading, um, especially in YA, because that's where a lot of my um, reading is. And I think that's where I would say a, a large majority of fan fiction is. I think a lot of YA authors these days have really turned away from the idea that fan fiction is bad, not only because they are younger and read fan fiction, um, and enjoy it, but sometimes a lot of the authors started writing by writing fan fiction. Yes. So they would never say, you know, fan fiction of my books is bad when they were the ones who wrote fan fiction in the first place. And that was what inspired a love for writing, or, you know, if a book was based off of a fan fiction or some sector of it. So I think as we're in more and more of an age that fan fiction is as popular as it is and you can find fan fictions for pretty much every pairing every fandom no matter how small it is even if there are just a few there's probably something out there that's been written about it um i think authors hopefully at least from what i've seen are sort of turning away from the idea that fan fiction is bad and if they don't want to engage with it they don't have to like i like becky albertalli is one of my favorite authors she's posted about simon versus the homo sapiens agenda was her first book and her biggest book and she's posted about fan fiction she's liked before and she's like oh this one's so good it's so cute I love what they did with this but then there's some authors who don't talk about it like Maggie Stiefvater or who don't engage with it and that's totally fine like authors could choose to do whatever they want I think as long as they're not actively shutting it down because then that creates negative press and then people aren't going to want to read the books or get into the fandom or whatever and on top of that, I was just thinking while Emma was talking and, you know, it's kind of like imitation is the sincerest form of flattery and people who write fan fiction, you know, they aren't making money off of it. They're doing it from a place of passion for the story and for the work. And if I were a writer, my dream, and I've talked to other writers like this too, my dream is that someone would 
care enough about my work and my world to write fan fiction about it. I want good fan fiction written about it. I want bad fan fiction written about it. You know, I'm not necessarily going to read it because that's not my place if I was the author. That's about the fans. But I just think that it's, I mean, writing is hard. So if you're going to put in all of that work to write and tell this long, beautiful story, and it's a fan fiction, I mean, some people might say that's like a waste of their talents, but it's also a way that people practice writing. It's a way that they share stories they love. And if that's what they want to do, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Mm -hmm. Love it. Thank you. Uh, sorry that I just took up so much time asking those questions, but uh, <laughs> I thought that like it was important to kind of understand how we all felt about fan fiction to discuss it. So um, do we want to start with Twist and Shout or do we want to start with The Devil's Keeper, Bailey? We can start with Twist and Shout. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so Twist and Shout was my pick. Um, I read it in college. So I started watching Supernatural my going into my sophomore year in college. That's when I got an Apple TV and Netflix, and I just didn't get out of my bed for days at a time to watch the show. Bought my best friend a life-size cutout of Sam Winchester for her birthday when she turned <laughs> Um, So, you know, just have still have a Castiel and a Dean pillow on yeah, my <laughs> reading chair downstairs. So Twist and Shout begins as a, according to the author, as a transforming love between Dean Winchester and Castiel Novak in the summer of 1965 and quickly derails into something far more tumultuous uh, when Dean is drafted in the Vietnam War. Uh, though the two both voice their relationship is one where saying goodbye is never a real truth, their story becomes fraught with the tragedy of circumstance. In an era where homosexuality was especially vulnerable, Twist and Shout is the story of a, of is, what? Twist and Shot is the story of the love transcending time, returning over and over in its many forms, as faithful as the sea. Um, so, star ratings. Let's start there <laughs> for anybody that finished it. What generally did we think of Twist and Shot? So, I would like to first make the statement that I also read Twist, of Shout, Twist and Shout back in the day when I was a sophomore in high school going into my junior year. Um, and I decided to take the very interesting perspective of just going off of my memory, although I did briefly go through the first chapter again today. But I will say that when I read it, the story out of five stars was only maybe like a three, but I did give a five star cry at the end. <laughs> yes, five star cry. That's, I think actually I would probably agree with you. And I think the five-star cry is why it's stuck as like a favorite for me because when something makes me like snot all over my computer <laughs> I felt something and I'm probably not going to forget it so that yeah. I'm with I've, you I've never been able to listen to I can't help falling in love with you by Elvis without thinking of that fic yeah. ever since then <laughs> yeah. Emma wow Guys, I don't know if we want me to. <laughs> no, I'm please. so excited. No, I'm so excited <laughs> for Emma's too. talk. Okay, so, um, like Carly and Hayden, I am a Supernatural fan. Well, well okay, we don't have to qualify <laughs> what I am anymore. I started watching Supernatural when I was 14. Um, so I watched it for nine years. Um, and 
Castiel is one of my all-time favorite characters. I popped out. Um, obviously, this is a podcast, but I did pop out three of my Supernatural seasons on DVD. Um, literally, my senior pictures, I took pictures with my Supernatural DVDs, like my senior pictures of high school. Um, so, like, I'm a Supernatural fan. Castiel was my all-time favorite character for many years. He is still up there. I love him so much, especially after <laughs> he got killed for being gay on Supernatural. Anyway, spoiler alert. <laughs> anyway, that's my Supernatural background. Um, I have been, I don't know if this is a disadvantage or an advantage. I have known about Twist and Shout for many, many years because it's so popular. Um, so I knew what the fic was about. I knew what happened. I knew all the plot points going into it. So I had a zero out of five cry because I knew what was going to happen. So it wasn't sad to me. I have had many years to know about what happened today. I mean, I think Carly, I, I'm sure I heard it from Carly or from Tumblr. And if so, I was told about it probably when I was like 18. Lots of time so to like, prepare for it. Yeah, you, you're not going to cry if you know it's coming. Um, right. My overall star rating is probably a 1.5. I oh, love wow. this. I Bailey uh, has been <laughs> dropping hints that you all didn't like it since, like, I announced that this was what we were gonna read. So I'm fully prepared to have it. Let's talk more about it. I want to hear like Bailey's thoughts. But I will also say, just right now for the podcast, I was the only person who had to read two fan fictions, yes. and I'm the only person who read all of both. So. <laughs> I will She's, say it, but my opinion is going to carry a lot of weight today. Yes, you are, <laughs> you are the I'm true achiever. You're the but true I did achiever. read a lot, because they were both long. Like, they were. You're the MVP of this That's, episode, Emma. Like, thank you so much. You're carrying the episode for us. Thank you. Okay, I want to hear what Bailey's initial Yeah, Bailey. Thoughts. Okay, well, I have read chapters 1, 2, and 11. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I have to that I'm not sure my opinion is going to carry much weight. Um, but okay, so here's the thing about reading fan fictions when you don't know, like the show is that the whole point of fan fiction is that you don't have to do all the character and world building because you expect that everyone already knows the things. And I didn't know the things, So I just felt like I was thrown in and didn't really like know these characters at all and like didn't feel any type of way towards them. So like from what I've read so far, uh, I would say like probably like a, a two stars, but I will say chapter 11, I did make me cry even without knowing what got us there. It made me want to cry. So I will I will give it like four cry stars for that. You know, I, it's funny. I like, oh, go ahead, Carly. Sorry, I was just going to say it's funny because you don't really need to know anything about Supernatural to read yeah. Twist and Shout. No, it, you do not. No. I think I, I like Twist and Shout. It's three stars out of five as a as a book. Mm -hmm. It as far as like, is it a supernatural fan fiction? No. Yeah. And so I think that was gonna be one of the other questions. So like two questions that that you both Bailey and Emma kind of brought up, and now Carly, is were the characters really in character and for AU, um, especially for a series that caters to its viewers, like, I feel like, and I did not finish all of Supernatural. I stopped. I've tried to get back into it. I just can't finish it. I know it's terrible. But, like, I feel like they very frequently do funny things in their shows that cater to their audience, right? And so in an AU universe, 
as different from the show as Twist and Shout is, is it, is it fan fiction? So, and how do we feel about AUs in general? So are the characters really their characters? And how, how far away can an AU get from the original universe and still be a fanfic? You know, I, <laughs> I want to, I'll, I'll quickly address the AU question first, I think, because my all-time favorite fanfiction is called Performance in a Leading Role, and it's John Locke, which is John and Sherlock from Sherlock, um, which is another show of the era of Supernatural, though Sherlock is a show that I still recommend to people, like, out of the Super Who Lock, which more exposing of myself, but I was a Super <laughs> Who Lock, like, big, um, which is supernatural Doctor Who and Sherlock, if people are listening who missed that era, which is good for you if you did. Um, <laughs> but so Sherlock is the show that I still recommend people. Like I, I still like to sit down and watch Sherlock because I think it's a great show. Um, and so performance in a leading role is an AU. It's about John and Sherlock as actors in a, like an Oscar bait movie is pretty much the plot of that fan fiction. It's amazing. Um, but so I think that AUs are not, I I don't want to say not that they're not the issue because I don't think they are an issue. I think a, you can do AUs well if you do them in character, like Carly's fanfiction, main fanfiction is an AU. And she can talk about it a little bit. I won't like say anything about it, of course, <laughs> but it is an AU and you know the characterization is there and it's good. And so I think that a fanfiction being an AU you can still have the characters be the characters that they are in the original piece of media. And I think that Twist and Shout did not do that. So I can also, Car Carly wants to say something. Yeah, sorry. I will say sometimes you get into a fan fiction for the characters and then you find out they don't really act like the characters, but it's still a really good book, right? Yeah. There's a fic that I will not name because I will not expose it. But Emma and I have both read it, and it was a haiku fan fiction where the characters acted <laughs> nothing like canon. Like, it is unrecognizable mm -hmm. to the point that the author even acknowledged this isn't really a haiku fan fiction. So that's how I feel about Twist and Shout as well, um, because it just doesn't feel, I don't know, I think Destiel as a pairing have a very certain like dynamic and I feel like the dynamic doesn't exist in Twist and Shout it feels like a really interesting piece of historical fiction about two yeah. queer men who meet in the 60s yeah and they have this relationship that spans multiple decades but there's nothing about it other than the fact I guess that Dean is sometimes Dean dumb and um that booty. feels yeah, yeah, recognizably like Dean and Castiel. Yeah. Yeah. You you could change their names and <clears throat> publish this as yeah. a completely original work uh mm -hmm. and, and not know it. And um so I yeah, I definitely agree. As a fan fiction, it's just, I mean, it's not. It they this I think the author really truly loves the pair, like loves Destiel and really truly loves these characters and loves that time that era that they wrote because they it's beautiful I think it's written really beautifully um but I I well my sophomore in college Peyton <laughs> thought it was but um when I was looking yeah, at it I again mean, today the prose seems nice I think that's what I was gonna say I think the prose is okay 
I disagree with it being a good book just simply because I feel like the relationship between Dean Castiel, which I sort of, I sort of actually did skipping the characterization question. And I will just say what we've all said is that I do not feel like they're like the characters. I feel like I relate to Castiel a lot. I feel like I know him especially very well, but also Dean and Cass especially acts nothing like Cass in the show. Like Dean sometimes will do some things and I'm like, okay, Dean, like show, Dean Winchester might've done this. I don't think Castiel took a single action or said a single word that I was like, that's Cass. It just yeah. felt so far from him. But in terms of like it being a book, it just was so rushed at the beginning. Dean was away, like the first like three chapters of their relationship and then Dean goes to war and then Dean comes back for a, a chapter and they try to fix their relationship and then it doesn't happen. And then the rest of it is like, what happened after that? and so it just it was so rushed like reading the first chapter I was and I know the second chapter they sort of go back and talk about their relationship but the within the first like half of the first chapter Cass was getting kicked out of his apartment for being gay and I was like we are yeah. going we are moving so fast and there was just no build-up there was no really plot setting and yeah. I do agree I like the writing a lot I will say that was probably the best thing about it to me like the way the author wrote was good but I think if this had any hope of being turned into a marketable book it had to you have to go way back the yeah, idea that we would need and the idea, like, for sure. even if it had started that chapter two was the beginning where we started the first night they met and then like if you switch the first two chapters because the second chapter was a flashback about the night they met and how they I think that would have automatically improved it and so I just <laughs> I think on top of not thinking that the characters were accurate which if the characters had acted like the characters in the show I would have liked it a lot more totally because fair. because it's a fan fiction you're going into it with the expectation that they're not going to do any character building or character work because you're supposed to just be able to plug in Dean and cast from the show so that's what I'm doing in my mind but then I'm reading it and they're not acting like Dean and Cass from the show. So then it really just totally threw me off. Yeah. For all of the fans. <laughs> yeah. I agree, especially because like I said, I didn't know the characters. And like they also again didn't do any character building. So yeah, I feel. Yeah, poor Bailey is like, I didn't know them. I don't <laughs> yeah. know like what's going on. <laughs> well, and so that's honestly why I picked. So I have not read fan fiction in a very long time. I'm like like of any kind of like like you said Emma when I read fan fiction now it's going to be like shorter one shots like mm -hmm. I like fast ones I've read the mm -hmm. one Bailey wrote which is so good and I yeah. want her to keep writing it um but like I don't read a lot of fan fiction anymore and so I was trying to think of one that wasn't Harry Potter because that was almost exclusively what I read and you know I'm trying okay. to cut that out of my life um and also that you didn't necessarily need to feel like you knew the world. So I was like, well, mm -hmm. Twist and Shout's not even in Supernatural. Like, that'll work. Yeah. And so that's honestly one of the main reasons, besides that I loved it when I read it, but that was one of the main reasons I picked it was that it wasn't, and I never put together that it that really means it wasn't a Supernatural fan fiction. She just used mm -hmm. their names. So this has been very eye-opening and I <laughs> love this conversation. So, <laughs> you know, though, there is something to be said about how much fandom loves sad fan fiction 
Really? Yes. Oh my god. Yes. Twist and Shout is about famous <laughs> because it made everyone cry. And the most popular fan fiction in Haikyuu is like a sick lit fic as well. Like yeah. one of them has some sort of terminal illness. Yeah, I terminal haven't illness. read it. Because and it's short too. It's only like 20,000 words, one chapter. And yeah. I was looking the other day at the most popular Haikyuu fan fictions. And I remember I was like, I cannot it believe that this has is like it. a million hits. <laughs> and it's a side pairing too. It's not even one of the main pairings from Haikyuu, which I say pairings I, loosely because it's nothing's canon. I of think course, you but. see this in you see this in book talk too. A lot of the books that blow up on book talk are books that are sad. Song oh. of Achilles, mm -hmm. they both die at the end. People like to find shit. People to be like sad to be about. sad. You're so right. I never really thought about it. I feel that yeah, yeah. I I also think Devil's Keeper. I mean, the end ends up being like happy, but for a while you think it's like gonna be a sad fic where they like one or both die at the end. So um, because the beginning, yeah, makes it, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, or at least you think Natasha is gonna die. Um, yeah, maybe not Maria because you know about her like great great or granddaughter or whatever. But um, yeah, no. So I feel there's definitely something about some sad fan fictions that like really get you in your emotions but I feel like it's because maybe people know that a sad fan fiction will drag some emotion out of them versus if something is just happy you might not want to read it because you're like will it draw emotion out of me which I, that's what I don't agree with that like I read a lot of happy fan fiction so that's not how I feel I don't know people just like the thrill of being sad maybe I don't know Hurt, that's no comfort. so interesting yeah I think there's something to be said at least for fan fictions maybe not for books about like knowing that this sad thing is an option but it's not canon it's not yes. canon yes and that's why like I think too which I don't know this for sure but I'm thinking about pieces of media where people do die like I'm just I'm thinking about Merlin right now I've never watched Merlin I am not Merlin but I, from what I remember from being sort of akin to that fandom, like next to it in those days, was that a lot of the Merthyr fan fiction, which was Merlin and Arthur, um, because Arthur dies at the end of Merlin. Spoiler alert if you haven't watched a show that's like 12 years old at this point. Um, or, like, yeah. no. Whatever. If you're going to watch it, sorry. <laughs> I don't think I thought they both died. This is great news think, for me. I think it's just <laughs> Arthur. I could be totally mistaken. But anyway, from what I remember, all of the fan fiction was like fix it fan fiction where Arthur didn't die, or it was like a happy fan fiction where Mer Merlin would like go and save him from the afterlife or something like that. So yeah, I totally, I agree with Bailey. Like when something is not canon, you can allow yourself to be sad because then you can go back to the original text. But in a show where something is sad, like I don't, that's the element of because spoiler alert, Dean and Cass both die at the end of Supernatural. Um, <laughs> but Destiel has been around for so many years that that's like Twist and Shine Birdie number one. And so there's no really fixing that. I don't know. But anyway, that's an, inter that's an interesting thought. That's my take on it. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, Carly, what do you have to say? Sorry, I was just thinking before we, um, before we moved to Devil's Keeper, I had a fun little tidbit of something that came up just last week, 
which is that near the end of Pride Month, Misha Collins, who plays Castiel, posted like some fan art, I believe it is, of of cast with, I don't know if it was rainbow angel wings or what, but yeah. it was like a very gay picture of cast, right? Yeah. Peyton, sounds like you saw it. You sent and it to me. Did I? Yes. Yeah. And the music that is playing is I Can't Help no. Falling in Love with You by Elvis. So Misha just acknowledged that he knows about Twist and Shout and he leaned yeah. in, which is so no funny. Way it wasn't about that. Yeah. Like there's no way he just happens to choose that song. I love it. Well, are we ready? Do, do you, does anyone have any last thoughts about Twist and Shout? Like, yeah, are we ready? Summed to it up pretty good. It's <laughs> not a fan do. fiction. If you want to read a super sad, sort of well-written MLM I was uh, set sobbing. in the 60s that has a lot of trauma, then you should read it. But but otherwise, you're good. I mean, yeah, I will. I will vouch for and say it's 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 very beautifully. It's sad in a beautiful way. Mm-hmm. I can, I can dig that. <laughs> okay, we can move um, on to Devil's yeah. Keeper now. We can move on. I think I've, I think I've said my piece about Twist and Shout. Perfect. I'm like, well, not all of you finished this, um, but I'm thanking you for, well, mostly just Emma for reading a 145,000-word uh, fanfic. It was long, and That's, I had no idea what was half. going on. <laughs> I read over half of it. But if you, like, why don't you get to the end? I think it's worth it. Like, I read chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, and chapter 33. And then I found the weird maps that people build, and I tried to figure it out, and it just was over. Well, of course you're confused if you only read the first three chapters. <laughs> and chapter 33, I, like, skipped end. ahead. <laughs> oh, God. It, it's too complicated to do that. Like, you didn't even read the last chapter. 33 is, like, not, it's like 40 chapters, I was gonna try and read chapter 33 through the end and I couldn't I like just she dies and I got confused and I was like it's okay it's so, too complicated to skip through some of it also I think I'm going through Avengers uh like my husband wants to watch all of them in order right now like release I think release order yeah. or story order. I don't know what order we're following. But so then I think I also was a little Avengers overwhelmed. And then I was like, I don't know who any of these characters that they're talking about. So that, anyway, yeah. done making excuses. Bailey, I will read it someday. I'm really sorry that I didn't finish it. I'm a bad friend. <laughs> well, this is my favorite fan fiction I've ever read. Um, I didn't like love it when I first started reading it. I think I had some issues with the way it was written. It's pretty clear that it's not the author's first language, but um, basically when I got like a little over halfway through, I like, I really love a good complicated plot. And this is like so good and so complicated. And I think for the most part with how complicated it is, the author does a really good job of tying up like all of the ends, which Emma disagrees, but I think that she did. Um, so I don't know. And I just think it's really beautiful. Like there's something about a, like an epic time travel love story. And that's what this is. Um, but I will read like the summary, which isn't really a summary um, from archive, but it's like what the author says is a summary. It's um, Maria stopped as soon as she entered the room and raised her eyes towards the woman in the cage. The reason they were called and ordered there, the alleged black widow, the red hair, the green eyes, even the curious tilt of her chin were familiar with her to her. She knew that woman, Natasha. 
Who told you that name? I've never seen you before. But whatever I did to you, she paused and faked a smirk. She felt her fingers begin to tingle. Her jump was about to end. Her time was almost up. I'm going to enjoy every second of it. So basically this is like, we kind of said like a, um, it's in the MCU, also Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of thing. Um, and it is a Black Hill fanfic. So it's Maria Hill and Natasha Romanoff. And um, it's also kind of set in like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. part where like they have Inhumans um, and they have a lot of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. characters. So it's kind of like a blend between MCU and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, and I think it's fabulous. What, what are your guys' star ratings? What I read of it, I would probably say, hmm, maybe, maybe three stars. It's hard because I think I'm also rating it based off of the potential of where I could have seen it going because where I was at, not a lot was going on. So it was a bit hard to see what the overall plot was going to be. It felt a bit more like meandering through the backstory between Natasha and Maria. Um... But I mean, I'll, I'll talk about it more for sure. But I think the, the writing was the main, the story was interesting. The writing was the main thing that was kind of holding me back from really getting into it. Um, I think I would probably give it a two. Um, I liked it a little more than Twist and Shout um, because I liked the plot. I, I think I liked the idea I don't, th I think there were issues with how it was executed. I think the original idea was very strong and had a lot of potential. And I personally think the author didn't deliver as much as they could have. But again, I think it's very clear that this is not the author's first language. There was one part, I was telling Carly about this. There was one chapter where there was a um, part that was, they were in France and they were in Italy. And in the author note at the bottom, it said, thank you to someone who helped me with the French translations, but it said nothing about Italian translations. So I thought maybe they are Italian. I didn't do any, I don't know how much research you could do into a fan fiction writer if they don't just tell you themselves in the fic. Um, yeah, I, I think I probably will give it a two, sadly. <laughs> Hey, I mean, that's okay. Um, actually, this fanfic author has a Tumblr that I found when I was doing research oh, okay. for this episode. And like, literally people keep, like this fic is a few years old, but people keep like finding it now and like going to the author's Tumblr and being like, oh my God, like I love this fic, such an epic love story. So at least I feel vindicated by some oh, random for sure. Tumblr. Yeah. I will say- Because people, Black Widow is about to come out. So I think a lot of people are like seeking out Natasha fics. Yeah. I, I, okay. I can't give it a star rating because I just didn't read enough of it. The, um, what you read Bailey, like as the synopsis, like makes it sound really, really good. Like it makes me want to read it. Um, I think I just don't like the Avengers. Don't tell my husband enough to get into it. And I really, I think that was my biggest problem is like, I don't know I'm bored of superheroes I kind of think that was that was my issue um but it sounds like it's really cool and I think that like super detailed fix are some of my favorite like kinds of fan fictions to read um I think for someone that doesn't know a lot about the Avengers and that was already in a reading slump this is a tough one to like pick up and try and get into I do think it's an interesting idea too um is it hard to get into a fan fiction for a fandom that you aren't really involved in? 
you know, some, there's some buildup of like already liking the characters and knowing them and kind of what we were saying with Twist and Shout, being able to layer over what you already know and feel about them onto the story. Right, because it's very rare that you find a fan fiction and then seek out the original piece of work. Uh, Whereas the other way is, you know, you normally find a fan fiction because you couldn't get enough of this or because like we we talked about, you needed another ending or because you really desperately wanted to see these two people together and it was never going to happen in the actual show. So, or book or whatever. So I think that it is a niche like reading experience like you don't you don't seek it out you you don't find it and then seek out the original you seek it out because you already love it I think the the romance too is boosted by already liking and shipping Natasha and Maria which before I lived with Bailey was not a pairing I'd ever considered um and I think they're both they're both interesting characters for sure but when you're able to already like the characters it's easier to get into the story, even if the relationship development is a little like I found it happened in a way that it felt like a lot of the development between them happened when we weren't looking at them. And since I didn't already have like preconceived feelings about them, it was harder for me to be invested in their love story. I was a lot more invested in Natasha's backstory um, with like being trained to become the Black Widow. So were you more or less invested in Natasha and Hill, the so Black Widow Hill or Black Widow Hulk? Which which were you more or less invested oh, in? I hate no, Black I'm Widow. Not. And Hulk. Yeah, Natasha and Bruce is horrible. Thank you. I just awful. figured we'd all have the same opinions. <laughs> that was so it. stupid. After, not after Civil War, after Age of Ultron, they like knew that everyone hated it so much they like never went back to it. Yeah, yeah exactly. They were like like that um what I was gonna say is I said this a little bit to Bailey I think this fic did a little bit of a better job than Twist and Shout in terms of specifically character development I I agree with Carly that a lot of their relationship was you know there were issues with that I think Carly also didn't get to part where you did learn more about their relationship and get to see it more Mm -hmm. But and, because all right, one comment introduction really quickly. That's because it's happening yeah. for them at different times, by the yes. way. So yes. once you yes. read it all, you kind of get it a little bit more. Yeah, yes. I was at um, around the time of getting the Christmas tree in New York, flashback wise. Um, so I think with this one, what I, I was saying to Bailey a little bit is the author fleshed out the characters a little bit more, and I think they had to because Natasha and Maria, especially, but Natasha too, because Black Widow's about to come out but it's not out yet. And so Natasha and Maria, even though they've both been in a number of Marvel movies, do not nearly have anywhere close to the amount of screen time that Dean and Castiel had. Dean for 15 years, Cass for 11 years, with like hundreds of hours of content of getting to know them versus Maria and Natasha. I mean, Maria is it. I don't even know her exact number of films. It's like five or fewer. And they never talk like by themselves except for in um, uh, Winter Soldier um, for like two lines, they never interact with each other directly by themselves in any other movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, author, the author did a little bit better job of characterization in this higher rating, but I also think that's because they had to, because if they didn't get into the characters at all, unlike with Dean Castiel, where you're sort of supposed to insert the knowledge that you have of the characters, if this author didn't do that, there would have been no characterization because there's not enough in the MCU 
to then translate to this thick. Um, I showed when we first started talking about it, I have a note in my phone um, of, and I only did it for this fic. I didn't do it for Twist and Shout, um, but it's notes from while I was reading it. And it's mostly like questions or thoughts I had while I was reading it, which I'm obviously not going to all of them. Um, but I don't know what, which part of it we want to talk about next, but um, yeah. that's my thought on on a positive note though, I did, I wrote down a, a line that I really liked and now I'm trying to find it in my phone here. Okay, it was actually a brief exchange. So for the sake of positivity, I'm going to read it. Um, I don't need you to pick a formal label. I know what you are to me. Maria's hold on her tightened imperceptibly. Then she asked quietly in innocence in her voice, absent in Commander Hill, really? What am I? My secret harbor, my very own shore. You're my safe place. I really liked that part. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, this sounds great, like, but I just could not get into it. Like, that sounds like something I'd love to read. I don't know why I, I couldn't do it. It's hard to, like, I'm a very, very long time MCU fan. Like, so, have seen every Marvel movie in theaters um since the beginning and so like I am I don't know if I consider myself in the MCU fandom but I am a fan of the MCU for sure and I, I mean I read the whole thing so it wasn't that hard for me but I had never like Carly said before living with Bailey never considered Natasha and Maria as a ship so unlike with Dean Castiel who I have shipped in my life I hadn't before shipped Maria Natasha and so I think that is also maybe part of the reason why there was some iffiness on my part, which not, I mean, that's sort of hard to say because I, you know, they, I thought their relationship overall, I liked mostly, I liked the development of it. I don't necessarily think I liked the ending of the fic that much, um, but yeah, so I think having them be the main pairing could be hard for some people who maybe aren't the MCU fandom at all or aren't in it, but are not thinking of Maria and Natasha as a relationship that they would like to see because they're more of a rare pair. Um, so I think that could potentially be an issue with people reading this, um, unless they're willing to, you know, read it and find out. Okay, but like, Okay, going back to like your main notes on the fic, like, do you admit that this is like a very epic love story? Do you agree? Yes, I think, okay, so basically I'll sort of, so anyone who has listened and hasn't read it or for our fellow podcast, oh my God, just keep Luna, sorry Luna, people who haven't read it. Basically the idea is that, you know, Natasha can jump through but she can jump back in time which is actually one of the notes I had um which was I don't understand why it's hard for her to jump into the future but not the past if time is circular like they posit in this fic but we don't have to get necessarily get into all the time travel stuff because the author did a good enough job of it that I feel like if they had done a poor job of the time travel then it would have been an issue um but right so it's like Natasha or Maria has lived it all in sequence at one time in the past, in like the early 2000s, and then Natasha in 2000, 
nine. Seven. Is that right? Seven. 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 It was seven. Two thousand seven. Um, she in 2007 jumps back to the 2000s you know a various number of days and weeks and then experiences the relationship then so it's like out of uh, it's an out of time relationship where like when maria meets natasha again in 2007 maria has already been through the relationship but natasha has not yet been through it um so i think it's interesting and i think which I, I feel like I'm talking a lot to Bailey if you want to talk about like what happens at the end, which <laughs> I have some issues with. But if you want to talk about that, then. Like, yes, this, I mean, unless Carly, unless Carly really doesn't want it to be spoiled. I Oh, it's okay. I would like to know. So like I, I figured, like I realized that it was like circular time and that Maria had lived it all. Like you can figure that out once you realize yeah. that she's a jumper. Um, so what, like what happens? Like I, so at the end of 33, like Natasha, I thought dies cause I got to there and then I was like, what the heck? So somebody explain brief synopsis, the ending for me. Okay, so like basically from the time that you meet Natasha, she's like this um, like fabled black widow that is basically like the destruction of death and there's sightings of her like all throughout history, like literally like from 9-11 back to like, I don't even know, like the middle ages or something. Ancient like, Greece, I think even is when Greece. the painting comes from. Yeah, yeah like Rome, Rome or something, um, yeah. Rome. Yeah, yeah. There, I didn't- They were in I, Italy. I tried to reread it this time, but didn't get to finish it. So like some of this is from memory, but um, basically, yeah, there, and she like, but she, so it's like fabled. She's like the bringer of death. She's like the devil's keeper, um, but she hasn't become that yet. And so yeah. like, you kind of have to figure out like how she becomes that. Also, you think that she's going to die at the end because of several things that people say. And so she's like, oh, I'm going to become this devil's keeper. I'm going to become this terrible person that she really like hasn't been yet. And as she like lives and as she meets Maria, it kind of like sets off this chain of events of like her turning into like that black widow, that devil's keeper. Um, and, and also, yeah, when she jumps to the future, like she's not, you think that she's going to die basically, but it turns out that like at, they're in this fight um, to bring down the red room and Natasha gets shot and it turns out that Maria is also an inhuman. So she also yeah, has power. She heals Natasha um, after she gets shot so that they end up both living. And like, basically it's not Natasha that's like the devil and it's actually Maria that's like the devil's keeper and she's by her side with her when she travels to all these places healing her. Okay. Let me interject <laughs> as somebody who's read it. So yes, but so what Bailey left out is that Maria Maria heals Natasha, but when Natasha gets shot, so first of all, Natasha gets shot by Bucky the Winter Soldier, who they bring in in chapter thirty-one after never having mentioned him in the entire fic, and I was so livid. I was like, <laughs> they didn't say the Winter Soldier's out there. Be like, even if they had said one time, the Winter Soldier's out there. You know, we have to be careful. Not one mention, and all of a sudden, Bucky shows up. And I was like, what's happening? So when Bucky shows up, Natasha jumps. And she, Natasha has this thing she can do where she can jump vertically. And so basically, she like jumps within jumps that she She jumps within jumps. And so she can only jump for 24 seconds. 
seconds at a time and that equals one hour so like she jumps she could if she jumped from today and she was back in time for 24 hours she would come back 24 seconds from right now and it's just varied based off of that so she does vertical as she jumps when she's been shot she does vertical jumps within the vertical jumps for something like 40 years she vertically jumps and 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 she goes back and she does all these things and she saves people on 9-11 and she goes and feeds people during the french revolution and then eventually she during this by the way which is cool everything is filmed there's like 300,000 hours of her filming that she has helped people all along she wasn't like this bad person like people perceived her to be and so then eventually she jumps back This is something I was also mad about too, because Nick Fury had had Natasha go back in time and steal like Maria's records from the army so that no one would find out she was a healer. And then Maria healed Natasha. And then I know Nick Fury was like, just, I guess, sort of following protocol, but no one on Natasha's team, they all loved her. So theoretically, no one should have been upset about this. But like, they come back and everyone's like, she's inhuman, she's a healer. Like, she's so bad. Like, what do we do? And Nick Fury was just like, well, I guess we have to arrest her. And, like, I get that he was putting on a face, but there was no one else there. He was putting on a face for his team. (laughs) I was like, I don't understand why you're doing this. So, I... Oh, the thing that I wanted to say was that Maria is not... Maria goes back in time with Natasha twice with that painting that we see in the pit. It's totally possible that they do it again in the future and go fix things. But Ma- Maria is not with Natasha during this time when she has done all of these wonderful things and actually helped people throughout history. And so that's why I don't understand the idea of the Devil's Keeper. Because Maria is not actually with her that we see in the fic. I think it's possible that in the future they go back and do great things and save people and whatever. But I think that this fic left out a lot of things that we are just supposed to assume and I would have wanted to see them I want to read about them I want things to be resolved I'm pretty sure that's that's true she's they it's it leaves a lot open for the future I think that's why they had to have that whole like Nick Fury part at the end because I agree I feel like at first I thought it could have ended after like Maria saves Natasha and like you know she could have like not gotten arrested and all that stuff but I think the whole reason they did that is to like basically set up for like what you're supposed to fill in for the future. And this all takes place before the Avengers ever happens. I'm pretty sure that this is supposed to lead into like the MCU canon. And that, yeah, that's something else that I don't really like that much. Like I have written down things just don't get resolved. Like Maria is married in the future, presumably to Natasha and works with Stark Industries. We just never get the answers about that. And like Maria in canon, MCU canon works with Stark Industries. But this is, it's an AU enough that to me, I was like, can we just go into the Avengers and they just have this? Like, it's not, I wish that the author had just had an epilogue and said, and now the Avengers happens, like however they want, they wanted to write that. I wish that something like that had happened because I feel like the ending left too much open to interpretation and with such a detailed fan fiction where they were really spelling out everything for them at the end to just sort of say well and that's how it ends I was like I you've left me wanting so much more yeah 
Emma, I feel like I've learned a lot about you as a reader just through <laughs> talking about two fan fictions, which is super interesting. Um, but Thanks. so like you need resolution, like good resolution in anything you read and you like, you, you, you don't want your, the author to make you assume things, right? You want to actually, yeah. And I care, this is true in most media. In most media, I would say character over plot. I would care more about a character than about a plot. I like an interesting plot. Like the plot of Devil's Keeper was interesting, but to me, character is the most important thing whether that's TV, whether that's books, whether that's movies, like my favorite things, like I'll just use, which this isn't books, this is a book podcast, but I think a good example is like my favorite show of all time is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And that show is not about the plot. It doesn't like the characters are doing stupid things in every episode that doesn't really matter. That show is about the characters and how they act and how they evolve over time. And so that's what I like. And an interesting plot should just be the backbone for good characters. And so I think, I, I hate to be like, I expect a lot from fan fiction because that's unfair. These are not like published authors. These aren't professional writers. There's a lot of people doing this in their free time. And I think obviously both of these authors really worked on these fix and did a lot of good work. And I can certainly appreciate that. But if a fic is this long, then I'm like, I sort of have some expectation. It's also interesting because a lot of fan fiction is character driven. So I think it's more surprising to come across a plot driven fan fiction. I'm trying to think of. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I when think, I normally read those. I think that might be why this one stood out to me. I generally like yeah. character driven things too, more than I would say plot. But like, I do appreciate a good complicated plot. And I think that's just why like. I don't know, I never read anything like this before. And I think that's why it stood out to yeah, me. It's definitely very different from anything, any fan fiction I've read. That's, I definitely agree with that. It has gentle echoes of one of the fan fictions I would happily promote, which I, I opened my bookmarks because I like to know the author's names when I recommend the fic. Um, but there's a, a Raven Cycle fan fiction um, for Ronan slash Adam. And it's called The Time It Takes to Believe in Fate by Lydia St. James. And it's also, a, it's also a time travel-esque fan fiction, but in a different way. It's, um, it's not like someone has the power to time travel, but it is very interesting. And I mean, time is circular in the Raven cycle already, but it is interesting because that is slightly more plot, but in a, in a quiet way, I guess. But it did in a positive way, when I was reading The Devil's Keeper, I was thinking also of the time it takes to believe in fate. So I'm a very different fan fiction reader than y'all. I read ships that could never happen <laughs> ever yes. without the characters not being the characters. Um, so like my favorite, like what I like obsessively read and joined forums about and like, wrote it myself was Drinny, Draco, Draco Ginny from Harry Potter. I was like obsessed. I was like, it's like pride and prejudice. Like that's really how I wanted that relationship to happen. And so the fix that I read were definitely more plot driven than character driven because Ginny could maintain her character a little bit more 
because she could, you know, be this is fair. a redhead with anger issues that ha- casts really great hexes and is very self-confident, but also not self-confident in her relationships. So like she, I felt like could hold up, but Draco was never ever, ever, ever actually the Draco that JK Rowling wrote in these fictions. So it's really interesting to hear you guys talk about them so differently than what I read. I think we can all agree that um, Bannon Draco is the preferred Draco. Yes. (laughs) Bannon Draco was like a little Nazi. Yeah. Phantom Draco is just a moody little blonde bitch. Right, that has a bad dad and daddy issues and like was cute. Yeah, that's, that was, that was it. So doesn't love a little blonde bitch with daddy issues? (laughs) Everybody should, but. (laughs) You must have read City of Bones then. Yes. Of course. Of course. course. There they are on my shelf. Um, Yeah, I I always think it's interesting to see, I mean, because fan fiction is so broad and so huge and like Marie and Natasha there's not as many six for I don't know how many there are but there are like a thousand okay right? I mean, that's still a thousand fan fictions about a pair that speaks two lines to each other in all of the MCU infinite so like yeah any yeah anything is possible to be written about and so just to see what people choose to write about what people choose to read you know, plot characters, you know, whatever it is. It's just, it's very interesting to see the different sides because it's such a wide world. Yeah. Okay, well, we've been talking for a while. I could keep talking about this fic, but <laughs> I'm sure we'll Same. bore people. Um, also, I want to remember, we should send this to the author to, of each fanfic because I feel like- they No. Would... <laughs> you don't think they so? said mean things. I, I blamed these things. Please don't. I don't want to get bossed. Don't worry. I won't. I won't. We won't do that. Don't. It's okay. Wow. The author of I, I also realized, whether intentionally or not, we did not mention the authors of either. Oh, of yeah. We didn't. Whoops. Didn't credit the authors. I mean, okay. credit. Kristen Shout is by Gabriel and Stand By Me. I'm almost certain. It is. Thank yeah. you. And The Devil's Keeper is by The Truth About Love. Oh, that's We're bad at that. Topic. Sorry, guys. That's a cute name. I think we just assume I don't know yeah, um, I but like honestly both of these are like beautifully written the author put so much work and love into both of them and like I that's like why I don't know I do want to credit them like you know we might like flame the fanfic a bit but like I'm still I'm really impressed by both of these yeah I'm yeah. impressed by all people of any age from any country and especially the people who write a fan fiction not in their native language yeah yeah. That is next level passion. Yeah. So, 145,000 word one at that. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I don't know if my favorite fan fiction is written in the author's native language, but it is very focused on like the Philippines. The two main characters get stuck in the Philippines during the pandemic Ooh. and they're stuck at this hotel resort and they fall in love and it's so good. Um, but there's a lot of like Filipino culture and they were like learning the language. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking based off of the way that the author talked in the author's notes that they are Filipino. Now they might be living not in the Philippines, you know, they might be speaking English every day. It's hard to say, but it's, that's just so impressive to me yeah. when people are able to write outside of their yeah, language. As, and as someone that can't even speak or understand it, like it's amazing that people are 
that like, I mean, are able to do that and are that talented. And yeah. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I think what we learned is that fan fictions are fabulous and there is one out there for everyone, even if these aren't for you. Um, but we can always appreciate the effort that an author puts into their work. Yes. Yes, Especially when they're not sure. getting paid for it. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's all oh for my free. Gosh. Free content. We love it. It's crazy. The best tagging system in the world. I hate trying oh. to find books when I can't it's filter so by little fan fiction tags. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I wish we all would like that. And just as a side note, I would like to say that um, I really became obsessed with the MCU about two summers ago, right around this time. Um, and I, like... It's one of those things that like, you know, I feel like, especially with the MCU, you get so much content, but like, you don't get all the character development you you want. Like there's so much room. So Mm -hmm. that's when I turned to fanfic. I was like, let me find the like best lesbian like pairings in MCU. And really like, I'm pretty sure Black Hill was like one of the biggest. Um, So that's how I stumbled upon Black Hill and I'm like obsessed with them. And literally since I met like Emma and Carly, I've been talking about how excited I am for the Black Widow movie. And it is finally coming out two days from this day that we are recording. So I would just like to say, I love I, I love the Black Widow and I am so happy that I don't have to wait another year to see this movie. Yes. <laughs> okay, that's my little aside for that. Um, okay, well, Carly, Emma, thank you guys so much for being on this podcast. Um, you were amazing guests and you had so much to say and we love that. And I love meeting these roommates. You guys are fabulous. Only for like roommates for another week. So sad. I know. It's so sad. But still friends for sure. Of course. Bailey gently said we could rewatch Teen Wolf, and she better not think I forgot about it. I'm going to be showing (laughs) up at her apartment. I've not forgot. And my new apartment's going to have the giant backyard. So I'm going to have like dinner parties. Yeah. Yeah. So exciting. Um, and also, Payne, do you want to, like, give our um, our updates on, like, our, our plan for the future of this podcast? Yeah, so this would normally be where we share with you guys what we're reading next for you to be able to try and read with us or tune in next in the next two weeks. Um, and Bailey and I are taking a summer vacation. So this is the end of season one. Thank you for sticking with us. Uh, we will be doing season two and announce it on our um our face, our Facebook, Ooh, our Instagram. Uh, we don't have a Facebook on our Instagram. Uh, closer to the date, but it'll be uh, sometime in September, late September. Uh, we're just gonna take some time off and read and come up with some really great content for y'all. So thanks for listening for our first season. You yeah. guys are so awesome. Yay. I know this is so exciting. I know. <laughs> I'm like proud that we actually like made it through a whole season. I am too. I never actually thought we, even when I was like, sure, let's do a podcast. I never thought that we would actually do a podcast. So. And thank you to the 26 people on average (laughs) that listen to this episode or this podcast per episode. We appreciate you. Y'all are the real ones. Yep. Thanks so much guys. And okay. um, Sign off guys. We say cheers friends on the count of three. Cheers, Cheers, friends. friends.